Johnny Cage, Kano, Luke Kang, Raiden, Scorpion, Sonya Blade, Sub-Zero, Goro, Shang, Zora, Tabaraka, J-Jack, Kintaro, Kitana, Kung Lao, Merlini, Nanook, Seba, Stout, Shao, Kanto, Chameleon, Cyrax, Earth, Makabo, Motaro, Nightwolf, Insector, Sheep, The Sindel, Striker, Fu, Jin, Quanshi, Shinnok, Sabrina, Jerick, Kaimi, Reiko, Tanya, Tremor, Blizzgo, Raicho, Drami, Fosu's now, Tenkenshi, Mavado, Mocap, Moloch, Katara, Ashra, Dairo, Darius, Havoc, Hotaru, Kira, Cobra, Onaga, Shijinko, Gigante, Vondavora, Cassie, Cage, Aaron, Black, Ferrator, Jackie, Briggs, Kotokan, Kongjin, Takeda, Tri, Dwarf, Cetrion, Scarlet, Gareth, Collector, Chronica, Welcome to Mortal Podcast. I am your host, Ben Meckler, and this is the show where I walk my friends through the entirety of Mortal Kombat lore from the perspective of a single character. Except for today, I don't have a friend. I got nobody. It's just me, because this is a bonus episode. And uh, that said, we will be talking through the entirety of a single character's lore. Uh, But I'll get to that in a second. So, season two is over. We did it. We got through all 10 episodes together. The characters introduced in Mortal Kombat 2 have been thoroughly covered. And uh, it was a blast, guys. Wow. And uh, Season 3 is going to be even better. Uh, Only thing is, and I'm announcing this formally now on this bonus episode, it won't be coming until the new year. Because while it will be 10 episodes again, like Season 1 and Season 2, There's just not really a solid 10-week stretch between now and the holidays uh, that isn't somehow interfered with by a holiday. I got a lot of travel in my future, so I just got to wait until January to drop the new season. But between now and then, uh, I'll stay active on Twitter, uh, you know, try to keep the community alive. It's really fun having an ongoing conversation about Mortal Kombat with you guys. Uh, and I might drop a couple other bonus episodes if I can think of something worth covering. I can find the time. Uh, I'll do what I can to give you guys something new between now and January. I appreciate your patience. And uh, in the meantime, you know, listen to old episodes, listen to ones that you missed, tell your friends about the show, tell your family, your favorite subreddits that this show is out there and it exists. Uh, yeah, please. I appreciate it. But for now, if you haven't heard... I am in Mortal Kombat 11. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, thanks to some incredibly kind developers over at NetherRealm Studios, there is a reference to myself as well as former Mortal Podcast guests Dan Hernandez, Ron Funches, and Mike Drucker in the Terminator DLC for Mortal Kombat 11, Uh, which means that we are all now canon in the world of Mortal Kombat. Basically... If you do get the combat pack for the new Mortal Kombat game uh, and you unlock the Terminator character in the new DLC and you specifically unlock his victory animation, which is called Terminated, you will go to uh, the T-800's POV in which you will see some Terminator vision and you'll see some names scrolling by of uh, presumably targets the Terminator has already taken out or plans to take out. And among those names, you will see Ben Meckler, Dan Hernandez, Ron Funches, and Mike Drucker. 
which not only makes us canon in the world of Mortal Kombat, as far as I'm concerned, but also makes us canon in the world of Terminator, which is tight. Uh, and so for you guys today, uh, I'm going to explain how Terminator is canon in the world of Mortal Kombat and how uh, myself and my former Mortal Podcast guests and friends are also now canon in the world of both franchises. So uh, without further ado, let's fucking do this. <laughs> so here's how Terminator is canon, in my opinion. So in his ending in Mortal Kombat 11, uh, there's a reference to the fact that he made a mistake that took him back to a different Earth's past. Different Earth seems pretty cut and dry. That would presumably mean that uh, the world of Terminator is some kind of side universe, uh, side timeline um, in the world of Mortal Kombat, which would make our inclusion in canon pretty cut and dry. We'd only be canon in the world of Terminator, and his appearance in the world of Mortal Kombat would just be uh, a sort of fun what-if story. But um, I don't know. Personal opinion, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I've talked about this on the show before, but I think all evidence points to there being one single timeline in the world of Mortal Kombat, one consistent sort of straight line timeline. Because as we've talked about before, at the beginning of Mortal Kombat 9, the reboot game, Raiden sends a message back in time that creates a sort of rebooted timeline where things go differently. And he does that to basically save the world. Here's the thing. If Raiden sending a message back in time just created a second branching timeline, um, and there are presumably many branching timelines. And what did he really accomplish? If he wasn't saving his own singular timeline, uh, he didn't really do anything. He just made like one more strand where things go slightly differently. Um, and that just doesn't make a ton of sense. The games definitely treat it like what Raiden did was rewrite the timeline he's currently a part of. And I think it was pretty heavily implied in Mortal Kombat 11. And again, I could be mistaken. This is just my interpretation, but I think it's implied pretty pretty strongly in Mortal Kombat 11 that Kronika has on many occasions essentially restarted the timeline and uh, watched it play out in many different ways. Not created many branching ones that she's controlling, but restarted this one, which is kind of the whole plot of Mortal Kombat 11 is she's not happy with how this timeline is gone. So she's coming down to start another one. So in my opinion, there's one timeline, which would mean that the Terminator himself has to be a part of one of those timelines. And I know a lot of the characters that have been added for DLC in the past have kind of just been for fun and have been a sort of what if like alternate universe situation, like uh, Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre and the uh, Xenomorph from Alien. But I like that there's kind of an argument you could make for how they could all exist within Mortal Kombat canon. And that's what I think is going on with Terminator. Personally, I think that Terminator himself is from the deep future of the rebooted timeline. That if that rebooted timeline had continued on past Mortal Kombat 11, far in the future, human beings who likely have nothing at all to do with the events of Mortal Kombat, who are just some Earthrealmers, um, because Earthrealm, you know, that has its own technology, it has lots of people that don't know there are alternate dimensions, that some Earthrealmers created Skynet, activated it, the robot apocalypse happened, Terminator was created, the Terminator was sent back in time to kill John Connor to stop the human resistance in the far future. Now, I believe that in Mortal Kombat 11, by the end of the game, 
that entire timeline, the rebooted timeline that's been going on since the ninth Mortal Kombat game, has been completely erased. It doesn't exist anymore. So I think where Terminator sort of fits in chronologically is that he comes back in time around the same time that the Mortal Kombat 11 storyline takes place, like in our present, from, you know, let's say our future in that rebooted timeline. And, uh, you know, he's just a part of the events until the timeline gets erased. And then like everyone else, he doesn't exist anymore. But he's from the future that this timeline would have had if it had continued on, which it does not in Mortal Kombat canon. So it kind of makes sense. And it's actually, I think, kind of cool that someone from a future we haven't gotten to yet and now will never get to comes back in time, thinking he's part of this big, epic, you know, reality-affecting story. Uh, who will win, the men or the machines? And unbeknownst to him, and unbeknownst to maybe Skynet, and unbeknownst to all the other characters, there is another equally important <laughs> story going on involving multiple dimensions uh, that will also decide the fate of, uh, of humanity. I think that's really cool. I think it's hilarious to imagine a Terminator whose mind is blown when he realizes how small a part he has to play in history, despite the fact that he was sent back in time to assassinate someone. Uh, all that's great to me. I love that. That's super weird, super cool, very Mortal Kombat-y timeline stuff. So I'm sticking with it. That's where I think the Terminator fits into the Mortal Kombat canon. I think it's airtight. I think it's great. So, in my humble opinion, the whole Terminator franchise really... Uh, which I think now they're saying canonically only includes Terminators 1, 2, and then the new, the new one, which is 6. I don't know. So I think that whole franchise fits very tidily into the reboot timeline, the he-must-win timeline of Mortal Kombat. So, uh, in that timeline now, uh, as far as we know... I, Ben Meckler, and Mike Drucker, and Dan Hernandez, and Ron Funches were all targets of the Terminator. As we know, the Terminator, uh, in case anyone doesn't know the storyline, he's sent back in time to kill uh, someone who... Well, initially, he's sent back in time to murder the mother of the person who will lead the, resi the human resistance in the future and be a threat to Skynet, the AI that's trying to wipe out all of humanity. Um... This is like an older Terminator. I think it's the Terminator from the current movie. So I assume he was sent back in time to kill John Connor. It kind of references that in a few. Who is the actual person who's going to lead the resistance, not his mom. He kind of references it in a few of his like intros in the Mortal Kombat 11 DLC. So um, presumably he's coming back to kill John Connor and us. Which kind of makes sense because if John Connor was like 10 years old when the second Terminator takes place in like the early 90s, um, you know, he's maybe, he's around the same age as myself, Dan, Mike, Ron. Um, he's he's close to, you know, John Connor would, would could be considered a contemporary of ours. So I have no choice but to assume that we were working with John Connor in the human resistance in the future it's just that's canon now is that i was a big part of the resistance in terminator and in terminator's role in mortal Kombat. just how it is so uh i assume the terminator has either already murdered us if our names are popping up on his list or probably more likely he's like about to um when he winds up getting waylaid uh, having to fight all these dudes in mortal Kombat, who are on their own little you know world saving mission so since we're all roughly the same age as John Connor and contemporaries of his, 
we must have been freedom fighters as well. So the question that comes up is how and why did Ben Meckler uh, and and my friends of, in the world of comedy and screenwriting, uh, who are all big Mortal Kombat video game fans, how did we wind up uh, in John Connor's resistance envoy? And I'll say that um, presumably the Mortal Kombat versions of ourselves are not familiar with the Mortal Kombat video games, which canonically do not exist inside of the world of Mortal Kombat. So here's what I think happened, and here's how I think we wound up uh, on Team John Connor, and here's what I think we were doing. Um, You know, looking at it, uh, it's myself, Ron Funches, Mike Drucker, Dan Hernandez, right? Here's what I know. Uh, Ron and Mike both do a lot of comedy shows. You know, they're touring comedians. Um, It's possible that they were on the same set. Uh, They're both gamers. Uh, You know, Dan... Um, Dan and I see each other sometimes out here in LA. Sometimes I see Ron, not terribly often, um, because, you know, we're both in the comedy writing world, but I think the, the biggest tie between us that I think is the most essential is that myself and Mike Drucker and Dan Hernandez are all from Coral Springs, Florida. And I think, uh, it's just too big a coincidence, you know, that we're all from Coral Springs. I think that must mean that when we joined up with John Connor, we all must have gone home to Florida, either to check in on our families or because it was a particularly solid base of operations to kind of protect ourselves. Um, You know, I would imagine a swampy area, Uh, Coral Springs, a big city, but not a major city, probably not a huge target uh, for Skynet. I I understand why, why South Florida and specifically Coral Springs would be probably a good place to go during the robot apocalypse. So I'm going to just assume that that's how Mike, Dan, and I wound up there. And I'm going to assume that maybe, you know, Ron was touring in New York, caught up with Mike, and Mike just brought him along to Coral Springs. That's what I'm going to guess happened. So, Judgment Day. We all wind up heading to Florida. Maybe it was a little bit after the robot apocalypse began. Maybe we crossed the desolate United States of America. One way or another, we all wind up there. Uh, And while we're there... You know, maybe we're just hanging out. I'm sure we'd catch up with one another. It's probably not a lot to do if you're not actively going out and, like, shooting robots in the head. Maybe we even got put into the same, uh, you know, human human war camp. I think in Terminator Salvation, they had had some human camps, right? So they were making humans do stuff. Pretty sure the Terminators did that. So, you know, we're all in the same place. Uh, And John Connor must have come through Coral Springs, Florida at that point. I guess it's possible that it's just that, you know, John Connor is from L.A., canonically in the world of Terminator, so I guess it's possible that he was in L.A. and we all met up with him there, but I think it's more likely that as he was sort of rounding up allies and beginning his resistance, he had headed down to uh, to Coral Springs, Florida, and, uh, and we met up with him there and became part of the gang. So now here's something to think about. We never really know exactly why Skynet is so threatened by John Connor, other than we know that he is who Skynet believes. He's leading the resistance in the future, and Skynet believes that he'll be the one to destroy it. He's its biggest threat. But we don't really know what how he planned on doing that. We don't really know what he was planning. Um, so here's what I'm going to assume. What if John Connor knew or found out that there were alternate dimensions. What if he found out about a realm called Outworld? What if he found out about a realm called Netherrealm, about the Edenia? Now, to be clear, 
this would all be taking place in the future of the timeline where Liu Kang and Katana rule the Netherrealm and Kotal Khan rules Outworld. Uh, the other realms are more or less gone, or at least they're unaddressed or insignificant. So I think it's possible that John Connor would have been either trying to contact Kotal Khan for assistance or to possibly harbor human refugees from Earthrealm in Outworld. It's also possible that he was trying to broker a deal with Liu Kang and Katana in the Netherrealm, who would be very interested in doing so because they still had plans to destroy Earthrealm. They still had machinations, which John Connor may or may not have been aware of. Whereas Outworld, I think at this point, you know, Kotal Khan kind of had more of a, like, you know, live and let live uh, mode of thought. I don't think he wanted Outworld to get involved in the business of other realms. So I think it's more likely that it was uh, the Netherrealm. So how did uh, Mortal Kombat Ben Meckler help in this scenario? I'll say I'm not a great fighter. I don't really have much of an understanding of military strategy at all. Uh, We've established before I'm not even that good at video games. Uh, So I think it's most likely that as a marginally successful comedy writer who openly loves monsters, I was probably drafted to specifically assist in negotiations with another dimension. A dimension that is more or less hell, that is ruled over by uh, two, you know, demonic, terrifying figures who live for nothing else uh, but evil and revenge. So I imagine I was involved in the negotiations, and those negotiations must have been going well for Skynet to need to send a Terminator back in time to murder me and John Connor and the friends that I had apparently brought into this, Mike Drucker, Ron Funches, Dan Hernandez. So, um... I'd say the specific threat that Skynet was worried about was probably that I had helped to broker a deal with the Netherrealm for Liu Kang and Katana to offer us an army of Oni demons that would help uh, combat the Terminators. And I'm sure in exchange, they were either going to get to conquer the Earth or murder Raiden, uh, you know, the kind of stuff that they were super interested in at the time. And I guess before things really got that far, Terminator sent back in time, uh, tried to murder me. Uh, got stuck in a tussle with a bunch of Mortal Kombat warriors in the year of our Lord 2019, and, uh, you know, probably got around to straight up murdering me before Kronika erased the timeline, Uh, and I assume Dan, Mike, and Ron were probably killed as well. Uh, And in my opinion, that is the story, canonically, of Mortal Kombat slash Terminator Ben Meckler. Uh, I think it's the only thing that makes any sense. I think, uh, you know, the, the folks at NetherRealm Studios have an, an obligation to include it in future games. Uh, I'd be happy to sign any waiver that I need to. I already had to sign one for, for Mortal Kombat 11 to show up in that Terminator DLC. So, uh, yeah, let's do this. Uh, I really want to I really wanna get to check out the, the Men Meckler who has no applicable skills other than negotiating, uh, you know, deals between realms that possibly would have uh would have ended with Earthrealm getting completely destroyed anyway after the terminators were taken out um that sounds about right that sounds about right to me so that is mortal Kombat slash terminator ben meckler he has now been covered i got my own episode uh it's a dream come true i honestly can't believe that i'm in a mortal Kombat game even if it's just my name uh it's tight i really really do appreciate it and want to say thanks again to the folks at Netherrealm who made that happen you know who you are i know who you are now that that's taken care of, let's talk about Mortal Podcast Season 3. So as I said before, it's not going to arrive until January of 2020, unfortunately. But uh, thankfully, it's really not that far away. Um, but in the meantime, let's talk about uh, 
let's talk about what we're going to be covering in season three of Mortal Podcast. So season two, I introduced a theme and that theme was friendship, both because friendships, uh, the opposite of fatalities were introduced in Mortal Kombat 2. Um, and also because I thought it'd be fun to kind of start every conversation with my guests off uh, with a, a little chat about how we became friends. And so I started looking, uh, I felt like the, uh, the pressure was on, I put it on myself. Uh, I started looking at the Mortal Kombat 3 cast, the characters that were introduced in that game that we'll be covering this season. And I tried to think of what the theme was that would be tying them together. And I think the theme that's most honest and most present among the characters introduced in Mortal Kombat 3 is a theme of rebirth. And so that'll be the theme of season three of Mortal Podcast is rebirth. I don't entirely know what prompt I'm going to give my guests uh, when we start each episode. Maybe I'll ask them to tell me a story about a time they reinvented themselves uh, maybe I'll ask them to tell me a story about a time they discovered something about themselves. I think all that could be really interesting. Um, but without further ado, let's talk about the characters we're going to be discussing next season. I'm excited. Mortal Kombat 3, as I've said before, is my favorite uh, story and my favorite cast of the Mortal Kombat games. Um, it's definitely tight uh, with some of the later games, but I, I just really love how much that game opened up the world. And I think there's no better example than the characters that were introduced. So uh, we'll be talking about Cyrax. He is a Lin Kuei ninja assassin who gets converted into uh, being a cyborg ninja assassin. Um, he does not want to be a cyborg. He has a very tumultuous experience uh, as he kind of goes back and forth and tries to uh, figure out who he wants to be and, and how he can stop being what he sees as a monster Super interesting guy. We'll also be talking about Ermac. He's a, he's a ghost ninja. He's a ninja that's made up of thousands of different souls uh, created by Shao Kahn, bound into a single body. And Ermac similarly has a lot going on. Sometimes he's a good guy. Sometimes he's a bad guy. There's a lot of souls in there, and they all have different agendas. Uh, and he's just always been a really mysterious and interesting character. I'm excited to dive in a little more with old Ermac. We'll also be talking about Cabal, who's got a let's say inconsistent history in the Mortal Kombat games. He's kind of a, a Mad Max-esque um, mutated looking guy. He's covered in burns. He wears a respirator mask. He uses hook swords. Um, he rolls with the cops. He rolls with the bad guys. He's a mercenary. He's got, he's got a lot of uh, sides to him. And he goes through, through a lot in the story. He's an interesting guy. I love Cabal. We're going to be talking about Motaro. Motaro is uh, the leader of the Centaurians. He is a centaur. Um, Motaro, another classically underwritten, uh, Mortal Kombat boss character, but, uh, politically, you know, he's got some interesting stuff going on. He's sort of the flip side of Goro. Uh, the centaurs are a race we don't know a lot about in the world of Mortal Kombat, so it'll be exciting to talk a little more about how centaurs fit into the world of the games. We'll be talking about Nightwolf, who is, a, a Native American warrior who winds up joining the Earthrealm heroes. Nightwolf, I will admit, he's been a very controversial character for uh, very good reasons. He is uh, representative of a lot of stereotypes of Native American characters, mysticism, um, and it is kind of cartoonish. Um, but I've had some interesting conversations with people about the way that Nightwolf is passable, the way that he's inappropriate, 
Um, I look forward to really talking about it more. I think that's going to be a really good conversation because Nightwolf is uh, he's an interesting character, and the way that the the ways that the writers and the developers have succeeded and failed in bringing a Native American character into a fighting game, um, I think it'll be interesting to talk about. Uh, we'll also talk about Rain. He is uh, a prince from Edenia. He's possibly a demigod. He can control the rain. He's got really uh, confusing motives. It's really hard to get a handle on what Rain wants. Uh, we'll be talking about Sector. Sector is uh, the son of the Grand Master of the Lin Kuei. He's the guy who's like, fuck yeah, dad, make me a cyborg. He loves being a cyborg. Uh, he's a piece of shit. Weird dude. Uh, it'll be fun to talk about. Shiva we'll be discussing. She is a shokan like Goro, half human, half dragon. She kind of has an interesting journey from being a, an underwritten underling to a queen of her people. She's very noble, very interesting, even though she's usually painted as a villainous character. We'll be talking about Sindel, Queen Sindel of Edenia, who uh, commits suicide before the story of Mortal Kombat even begins. Um, but winds up coming back in a really dark uh, way. Her story is very complicated, very emotional, very interesting, pretty Game of Thronesy. You know, there's a lot of royalty and backstabbing and resurrection. It's going to be cool. And finally, we'll be talking about one of the... Oh, man, I love this guy. I, dumbest, I, guess, I guess he's one of the dumbest characters in Mortal Kombat, but I kind of love it. Striker. He's a cop. He's just a fucking cop. <laughs> What's he doing? What is he doing in Mortal Kombat? I don't know. Uh, we're going to be talking about how he fits in and does not fit in to the insanely epic storylines of Mortal Kombat. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's it. Those are our uh, those are our 10 characters that we will be covering this season. I can't wait. They've all got something really interesting going on. It's going to rule. Um, thank you guys again so much for listening to the show. Obviously, this is something that I, you know, I just do it for fun. I enjoy doing it. Um, it's a passion project for me. And the fact that all you guys are listening uh, really just makes it all so much better. Um, I'm just having a blast with you guys. Thanks again for listening. I love you. Uh, and until next time, which hopefully won't be too long, finish them. <laughs>